0: Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers.
1: Hello all, welcome to Business Line podcasts on the state of the economy. Today, we are going to talk about the textile sector, one of the oldest industry in the country, and it still continues to be critical for sustainability of the Indian economy. Contributing about 2% to India's GDP, The labor-intensive sector is the second-largest employer in the country after agriculture, employing around 4.5 crore people directly and another 6 crore indirectly in the allied sectors. India is also a big exporter of textiles and apparel, accounting for 8-9% to of total exports. However, due to COVID disruptions and ongoing uncertainties in the global market, domestic production of textiles has turned sluggish. Exports that saw strong growth in 2021-22 slowed down the following fiscal. Although the government and the industry continue to be upbeat about the dollar 100 billion export target for 2030, there are many problems to be tackled, such as the move away from cotton in the Western markets, LDCs like Bangladesh and Vietnam grabbing a greater chunk of the global share and the harsh environment and quality standards being imposed by the West. I have with me Dr. Ajay Sahai, CEO and Director General, Federation of Indian Export Organizations, I'm an expert in the area of manufacturing and trade. Dr. Sahai today will help us understand what is happening in the world of textiles in India. Welcome Dr. Sahai to BL Podcasts. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Amiti.
1: Dr. Sahai, uh, firstly, uh, can you please explain to us what role the textiles industry is playing in our economy and how have the global headwinds affected business?
0: In fact, uh, textile industry is extremely important for a country like India, where we have huge workforce available with us. is the second largest employer, next only to the agriculture, and the direct employment is around forty five million. If I am adding the unemployment, well, the other way, indirect employment also it cross hundred million, and uh, the currently the market size of the industry is around two hundred billion dollar and. Roughly 20% of that is exported also. We are doing uh, extremely good in apparel export. We are now the fifth largest exporter of apparel. We are the second largest exporter of apparel and textile together. Of late, we have seen that uh, because of the global slowdown with the high inflation affecting the the purchasing power, there has been little dip in uh, textile exports. In fact, if in the first... Half of the 2022, our export of around $22.3 billion, it has come down to $16.3 billion. But the good news is in the apparel sector, we are continuing to do well. And that is reflected even the recent monthly data for the month of both February and March. And the industry is a little upbeat about the apparel sector. One of the reasons for decline in the textile sector is the fact that we are seeing this prices of many of the commodities, particularly cotton, is coming down, which has affected the textile export. But we feel that uh, from the second half of 2023, probably the textile exports will also pick up. A very good sign for all of us is that U.S. economy, which was expected to go into recession, is clocking around 2% plus GDP growth. And U.S. is, of course, one of our major export destination, uh, both for the textile and the apparel sector. So, we feel that, of course, in the first half of 2023, there may be little impact on overall textile export while the garment exports will do well. But probably, if we are looking into the entire calendar year, we will be positive both in the apparel sector as well as in textile sector.
1: Right. How serious uh, do you think are the challenges posed by countries like you know, Bangladesh and Vietnam, which we see are increasingly grabbing a greater share of the world market? And uh, how can it be tackled? Do you think FTAs are a good way out of this?
0: In fact, you have rightly put it uh, off late. Vietnam has emerged as the major supplier. In fact, they have bypassed Bangladesh also in the government exports. The advantage to Vietnam is that a lot of Chinese investment is flowing into Vietnam. Vietnam also has very effective FTA. In fact, they have already signed an FTA with Europe as well as with UK. And so far as Bangladesh is concerned, they are enjoying the LDC status. Bangladesh also has the advantage of little uh, low wages also, as well as energy costs are low. These are positive for them. But uh, I think India is also taking lessons from them. A, we are looking into that we have to move away from natural textile to man-made textile also. We have already brought the PLI scheme for the textile sector. We are also looking into skilling of the workers also. And FTA is also on the radar. We have uh, already signed two very effective FTA, one with UAE, as well as with Australia. And in fact, in Australia, we will see much better performance of Indian apparel sector because prior to the FTA also, Indian apparel sector has made little inroads and with the FTA available at zero duty, Indian products will be imported into Australia. We will see much more to happen. We are eagerly waiting for FTA with UK. And we hope that after UK, we may be signing one with Canada, Israel, and GCC next 12 months. The greater market access will definitely help. But I think we have to look into some other related issues also. A, we have to increase the FDI into the apparel sector. Of late, we have seen little increase the FDI. In fact, in the last two financial year, we have seen around $4 billion plus moving into the apparel sector. Uh, we also feel that in the... PLI segment also, a lot of investment will flow, which will strengthen the MSME segment also. One of the major problems of India's textile industry is its heavy fragmentation as it is dominated by small and medium industry. So, once we are able to plug all these challenges, I'm pretty sure the textile industry will facing the competition from these countries. Uh, Bangladesh will graduate from the LDC status from 2026, and thereafter, The tariff advantage will not be there. Uh, Of course, they will also look into aggressive FTA partnerships so that they don't lose their status. But India by that time will also have very effective FTAs. And from that perspective, uh, we will be having little advantage over Bangladesh. With Vietnam also, uh, we feel that in times to come, India will be attracting much more investment, which is uh, going to Vietnam as of now. And In fact, the Vietnam investment has started in a big way after the US-China war. But um, now investment has started coming to India. We have the large-scale investment coming into the PLI segment. We will see a lot of investment flowing to the PM Mitra Park also. And these will be definitely a very good foundation for Indian textile industries in years to come.
1: Right. Dr. Sahar, you mentioned the Production Link Incentive Scheme. So, uh, what role do you think can government schemes like the PLI and also the uh, PM Mitra Scheme. We uh, saw seven p- parks being announced recently. So what role can these schemes play in you know strengthening the sector?
0: In fact, if you look into the P L I scheme, the whole P L I is based on the ground that we have some disability to achieve the scalability. Until we achieve the scalability, government is rolling out the production link incentives so that the initial year till the scalability is achieved the industry is uh, offset of those disadvantaged by a fiscal advantage. From that perspective also, we have seen that uh, the government has brought man-made fiber and technical textile under the PLI scheme. We expect the large investment to flow into the textile sector. And since in the PLI scheme also, we have a condition of local content, which means that these investments will also have to integrate themselves with the domestic economy so they procure more and more from the domestic sector. So we feel that once the large-scale investment pours into the textile sector, we will have ancillaries who may be doing part of the production. For example, if we look into the entire textile sector, it will start from spinning, weaving, dyeing, printing, and then garment manufacturing too. Some of these parts will be, of course, outsourced to the small and medium segment, and this will help them also to achieve the kind of benchmark required to enter into the global market. So as the PM Mitra scheme is concerned, I think in the PM Mitra scheme, we are looking into the integrated um, development. Uh, all the entire value chain will be available at one place, which will provide the scalability, which is required for that. And these parks also fairly widespread. They are in the west part of India, and in the north part of India and south part of India, which are the textile producing state also so it will help in increasing the valuation to a large extent into these segments
1: dr sahib we uh, already have a pli scheme for uh, you know man-made textiles and technical textiles which is doing quite well but uh, now uh, there is also a talk about a pli-2 and pli-2 would probably be for cotton also and like, i mean it would not be restricted to the kind of material that is uh, uh, being used so why was there a need felt for a pli-2 where in, you know, when the PLI one was announced, the government said that the idea was to promote um, technical textiles and man-made textiles because that is what is gaining ground in the global market.
0: In fact, uh, if you look into the investment limit uh, for PLI 1.0, the investment limit was 300 crore and 100 crore. And these are the investment limits where you are basically attracting investment from the large companies. And uh, in the PLI, 1.0 1.0 for the textile sector. The government has already received around 64 odd applications. But now in PLI 2.0, the government is looking at the investment from the small and medium segment and that's why we are now seeing that the investment may be brought down to around 50 cro- 15 crore in the tier 3 and tier 4 cities and 45 crore in other cities. So the idea in PLI 2.0 is to attract investment from a small and median segment. Secondly, in PLI 1 also we see that roughly 4,000 crore remain unutilized. So the government has money to roll out the PLI 2.0 and PLI 2.0 will also cover some of the sector which were not covered including the natural men, natural cotton and other material garment made ups and home textile including textile accessories also
1: dr uh, you know, recently we have not recently like over the last few years we have been we have been seeing the west coming up with you know, tough quality and environmental norms especially for textiles and this is this is very true for the eu and um, like, could you tell us a bit more about it? Like, because uh, you know there are some there are, there are some standards in the EU I think which will be operational very soon. So, how big is this a challenge for the Indian industry, and how can it be met?
0: No, in fact, uh, it's a challenge also. But I consider that this is going to be the norms of the world trade. We are seeing that uh, every country is talking about the sustainability and. ESG principle basically talks about the sustainability. They are talking about sustainability through uh, reducing the carbon emissions, using the renewable energy, and also they are talking about the fair labor practices also. The good thing is that the industry is embracing to ESG because they want that they should be considered as creditable supplier and they should have the competitive edge over their competitors. We are seeing that uh, large number of industries, they are moving to recycling of the textile materials also. Uh, industry is uh, realizing that this is something where they have to live it. And that's why uh, the earlier they adopted, it's better for them. I was just uh, visiting uh, Tirpur a few days back. I have seen there that the entire textile park is drawing the entire energy from solar sources, which is a good move forward to reduce the carbon emission and also the renewable energy. So I think that ESG is extremely important for the textile sector, particularly because they will be relying more on the Europe and subsequently on the US and these kinds of norms will be visible into these countries. But this is the trend which right now may be faced by the textile sector, but there are other sectors also. The Europe is talking about the carbon road adjustment mechanism also. We are seeing that cross-carbon broader taxes may be imposed from 1st of January 2026 on some of the industries. But I think this is an indication that in times to come, countries will be coming with these kinds of the challenges which they will be imposing on their domestic production to start with and subsequently on imports also. So I think it's good that the textile industry has taken the lead. They are embracing this. Kind of ESG, and this will help India's exports in times to come. Also,
1: right. finally, Doctor Sahai, you know, uh, given the uncertain times that we are living in, the uh, Ukraine war continues. The western, uh, the western market is, is facing continues to uh, face a slowdown. There is inflation. So, given given this, what prognosis uh, like would you make for the textile sector? Like, what what expectations do you think our economy could hold from the sector?
0: No, you are uh, rightly putting it up. uh, In uh, 2023, the global condition will not be much conducive to export, at least in the first half. The good thing is that we have very vibrant domestic market for the textile, and that is one of the reasons why some of the large players have still not looked into the export because they have a very lucrative domestic market available. I'm expecting that in the first half, we may see some of the production moving to the domestic market uh, at the cost of exports also. But this is a trend which is likely to be reversed in the second half. But for the apparel sector in Portland, we are hoping that uh, they will be taking huge advantage of the FTAs which are being signed. And probably with the UK, if that is available in this year, that will be an additional market for apparel sector. So for the apparel sector, I'm uh, very confident that in the entire year, they will do extremely well. For the other textile, we may take a little hit in the first half, but in the second half, the textile sector will bounce back to offset the whatever losses they have in export in the first half.
1: Wonderful. So, there is uh, there is reason for optimism. Thank you, Dr. Sahai, for taking us to the nitty gritties of the textile sector. Uh, we hope to have you again on our podcast for more discussions on other issues. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Amiti.